People are hopping on and off the coaching carousel, and the baseball world is united. This week on the Indie Ball Report Podcast. Episode number 242 of the Indy Power Podcast starts off with zero errors, and this is definitely the first time we've ever recorded this intro. Isn't that right, Ryan? That's name is most certainly not Will, who you most certainly have no beef with. We have no beef with, and you can certainly hear me right now. Absolutely. What kind of idiot wouldn't be able to get your audio in through the board? I don't know a single one. Yeah. I'm just glad that, you know... You had your sound recorder up, so that way, if there was a problem, we'd know right away. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, look, if we make a mistake, it's if nothing else, you can say it's obvious. Exactly. See, and you could go ahead and call that whole segment a Brayu because that's some real insider baseball right there. Okay. There was a few directions I could have taken that, and I'm just going to go, okay. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna leave it from there i forgot what his first name was after he hit garcia and i was just like that's an inside pitch let's run with that Oh, okay because because here's my thing you're talking to a lifelong Phillies fan i'm like bobby we talking we talking bobby you're talking about mets legend bobby abreu talking about phillies legend scared of every wall in the ballpark bobby abreu i'm sorry i think the man that played hey a astounding amount of games with the New York Metropolitan, so many that it's hard to keep track of because, you know, baseball reference is slow to pull it, pull this up. But, like, the man that played a grand total of 78 games with the New York Mets, I would most certainly call him a Met legend. Bro, every, I wonder, yeah, Bobby Abreu, man. You, you're like, there's no way he's a Hall of Famer. And then you look at the numbers, and you're like, Jesus, maybe. In any case, we probably should get started now after we've taken that mm-hmm. detour. Go ahead. So we got yep. a bunch of managerial hires, as you could probably guess from the intro. And then we had a Baseball United draft, which will kind of sort of explain that. Uh, really, the only reason of mentioning it is because there's a lot of guys that play indie ball that got drafted in it. And it, it seems like there's oil money involved in that league. So the boys seem like they'll be getting paid. So you love to see that. Um, but Baseball United is a weird setup there. So... Uh, We'll go into that a little bit. But in any case, let's start over in Windy City. Richie Sexton and Jared Wright and Chris Coleman, all of them, they're all out. So the third manager in three years for your Windy City Thunderbolts is Bobby Jenks, who used to be the manager of the Grand Junction Rockies. Last year, he was the pitching coach for the Princeton Whistle Pigs, who have gone under. And uh, I'm sure that's the only... Yeah, I think so. I remember reading it. I think. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I missed that. On my burner account that I have to use to view uh, Ballpark Digest, please unblock me. Um, I believe I saw that they were going under. That's got to be a conversation that we have about the Appalachian League because if that thing keeps going down the Appalachian League, like, bro, I don't know. There's probably one or two that you saw. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. I just took a trip by the. uh, the ballpark in i forget the, the name starts with the t oh well but it was a nice ballpark they don't get good tens though so i don't know what the deal is there anyway continue any case so you, 
Yeah, that's the only thing he's ever known for. He definitely didn't win a World Series or pitch for the White Sox for a while, and he's definitely not a Red Sox guy. You know, it definitely never happened. Yeah, there. sure. So, uh, yeah, he's they running don't. the show over there right now, and uh, he's going to bring Alex Jones along with him. Um, so, sure. Not that gonna, one. <laughs> not that one. You, can, you mean to tell me the settlements aren't that devastating yet? They has to be the Windy City Thunderbolt hitting coach. Do I need to mention that Princeton had one of the worst areas in the league? So, I mean, pitching isn't really the Windy City issue, so they might be fine. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of issues for Windy City. But in any case, so yeah, Bobby Jenks is over there. Um, he's bringing one of his guys along with him. So, uh, discuss. Um, I mean, first of all, uh, we should really talk more about the fact that Bobby Jenks was throwing like 100 back in the day. Um, <laughs> underrated for that. Um he had like, sorry, I, okay, this is, this is irrelevant, I promise, because I know we're so irrelevant, but follow me. I, um, he had, do you remember how his career ended? I do not. Bro, he had, um, like, I'm trying to remember some of the details, so I might be wrong on this, but like, I, the big picture, I know I'm right. He, um, like, he had some crazy injury, like a back injury. No, it was bones versus back. I remember all this part. Okay. And, but they, he went to some doctor and like, did he did the jankiest job on him? Not the jankiest job. That'd be fine. Cause yeah. it's Bobby, but like, it was really bad. Like the details were insane. Like if I remember he was using like some knife, he should not be using, like he was using like, a serrated edge or something like, dude, it was like, it, like he had like a spine infection from it. He had emergency surgeries. Like he was, it was a job. It was like a, Hey man, you have a bad injury. Um, I think he had like a, an, he already had a complication from an injury. He had like a pulmonary embolism. If I remember uh, from last time I checked this out, but like legitimately he, um, yeah, man, he, then from that, he had surgery, lots of complications. Like, I mean, was like on bed rest for a week. Like they were like, this dude's in, like really in trouble. Like it ended yeah. his career fully. Like he won, I think, a lawsuit um, with the against the doctor, if I remember right. Like right. man, it was like he won like five mil or something. If I remember, that's really testing. If I'm right on that one, that's crazy. But like, yeah. sorry, that was kind of all over. But my point to be this: like, I kind of believe in a guy who went through something for like an indie ball manager. Like as long as his attitude and his head's right on it, mm -hmm. to be like, look, man, like things are gonna happen out of your control. Like you're here, I'm here. Like, it's an opportunity. It's not a punishment. This is a stepping stone. Like, where are we going? Like, every day is a new day. How are we going to take it on? Like, 0 for 4 hits different when you're, you know, in a bus ride league. Yeah. And I think it's good to have a guy who maybe has, like, has worn a tough break or two. Um, hopefully, he's got a good attitude about it. I don't really know much about him. I mean, he was in Grand Junction, right? Yeah, he won a that. championship in Grand Junction. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I hope. I hope for good things. I mean, it's always a concern when there's a championship and you don't return. That's kind of a weird counterpoint. This is also the pioneer league. So that's a lot more common of a thing just to not return yeah, after a year. So like, I'm not going to judge that it. year where oh, beautiful there were a Snipe few Foxy. sort of notable faces who popped in and then popped out randomly. Yeah. I don't know. That was the one where like garden hire was managing that year or something. Wasn't it? Maybe that was the year before. For, I don't know. Oh, wait, which team? You're talking Grand, Grand Junction? And no, for someone. I, I just remember Garden Hire or someone well-known as involved. We're not, hey, not relevant. We're okay backing off it. My point being, um, uh, I think there's potential for him to be a good fit. 
I think he might be. I think I. This one, I would not be surprised if it turns out okay. And he's been in like he's grinded, like he's done the Pioneer League grind before. He's chosen to come back to it. He's done uh, the Appalachian League, which is a whole other thing. Like I don't know, man. Like he has, he's got money. He's got a home in Cali. Like I assume I don't know he's from Cali, but like I figured. I mean, yeah. he gets Cali vibes. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like I like Bobby Jenks more than I maybe thought I would. See, I like him more because he has proven results. He has a track record. He was successful in Grand Junction, and we saw like one year removed with him not there. You know, it was a, a very different story. On top of that, he has to experience there. I think it's a good hire in the sense of, too, from a public-facing perspective. I think it helps draw people into the ballpark, which could be very useful there, especially for an ownership group that now has a team out east as well. So I think that's a positive, too, from just like off-the-field perspective. But on the field, yeah, he has proven results. He has a proven track record. And overall, I do think there's enough there. And it was a bit surprising that they didn't try to bring him back for an extra year. And I'm more or less in the mindset now where it's like, I wonder why the Pioneer League just kind of does this move where they're like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get a new manager. Because we have two of those to talk about this week as well. But, like, I wonder why they do that. Is it just like a holdover from affiliated ball where it's just like, yep, get another manager? Or is it just like straight up one year of doing it and all these guys that come in there are like, yep, done with the travel, don't want to do it. But, yeah, so that's an interesting... I kind of assume that. Yeah, I kind of figure that, too. But then you got guys like Schlatt that are like, sign me up for five more years of this stuff. I love it. So, like, there's yeah, that. I really... Yeah, I'm with you, dude. I really think it's... Uh, I think it's a good vibe. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of things... And I think, dude, I think he, like, went through it on the back end of that backstreet. I think there's, like, a painkiller thing going on. Like he was brought up, his name was brought up when like the reality thing happened. Mm. Like I think like this dude has like been through it and like is choosing to take on the battle in the Pioneer League. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, it is interesting in that sense that you pick another league that's got a pretty decent bus trip too. But overall, I mean it. I like it a lot, to be honest with you. I really do. I think it's a solid one. Yeah, I'm stamp of approval. Yeah, that Unless brings- it doesn't work out. Yeah. Well, it's Windy City, so I mean they've had a rough go of it, right? Like, dude, something got to turn around. Yeah, I'm rooting for them, man. They need one. Yeah, sooner or later, it has to work out, right? Oof. Oof. Or is that just like tempting fate? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that loud. Okay. Well, when we talked about Cam Roth returning to the Frontier League. Yeah. So he's going to replace Alex Boschers as the pitching coach in Washington. Boschers did not have his contract renewed. Uh, Roth is going to come in. Uh, he's mainly known as a manager. I think Lake Erie is probably his best success, winning uh, manager of the year in 2019. He has 284 wins as a manager in the Frontier League. He's going to be a pitching coach on that staff, as I said. Last year, he's with Lexington. He was their pitching coach and their director of player procurement. Um I'm not really sure why that was highlighted given the success he had in that role or lack thereof. I'm just going to be blunt about it because, well, they were not a good team. I think we could confidently say they were the second or the worst team in the league. Records aside, just outright play. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, that's not great. 
Obviously, a lot of other things happening in Lexington, so maybe that's not on him. Uh, I'm not the guy that's ever had to recruit guys to Lexington, so maybe that's more difficult than I think it is. So that could be not it. Getting a lot of indie ball recruiting help from Barry Lyons, is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I'm just saying Barry's new to the game. Well, yeah. So, you know, maybe, Fair point. maybe he doesn't really know what to do. You know, just, just saying. So it's a weird thing where it's like, I don't doubt he's a good coach. I do wonder him in the role. And I do wonder the vibe in the room. However, again, like Tom Vaith is a really good manager. So I think he can manage his staff well and still manage a room well. So that's why I'm not really, you know, having as much of an issue with it. It just seems like kind of an odd decision. It's like great name. It definitely on paper looks good. I just wonder how it like plays out when you start getting into the weeds on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Never been in the same room as him. Yeah. Um, know a lot of guys who have been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a pitching coach. So that's, you know, it's not like he's the one calling all the shots. Mm, fair. Um, fair. Uh, frankly, I, I do think. I don't know. I'm trying to remind myself of how much was in my head with that Lexington team last year and how much was like, yeah, no, that was legit. Um, I mean, Lexington was pretty bad last year. Um, mm. Frankly, it probably got a little more out of the pitching than they should have. So maybe there's that. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's interesting going from I don't know. I don't know what to say on it because there's a lot. <laughs> it's interesting going from baseball operations. He's a former what former manager, right? Yeah. yeah. Not, not crazy. Yeah, like for four seasons, like to a pitching coach job in Washington. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels I mean, like he's got another he's got another gig. He's working at a turf company too, so I don't know. Maybe it's it just feels like a weird fit. It doesn't feel yeah, like the kind of thing you go that for. That was my read. It's not a can. Yeah. It's not like a one for yeah, one. Like, yeah, he held that same role in the Atlantic League. But even still, to go from manager to, like, what's essentially an associate coach is kind of weird. Like, you would think, and I understand, like, it's a, it's different going from league to league. There's different rules, different ways of having to build a roster and everything like that. There's more nuance to it than just the way I'm going to simplify it down to for the point. But, you can pretty much move around a little bit in the managerial sphere. Like, you can probably go from managing the Frontier to managing in the Atlantic League and vice versa, and you can move around a little bit. Sure, there's going to be growing pains to it, but, like, the fact that he kind of was like, yeah, I'll just take this, like, kind of front office role, and then I'll also be a pitching coach is kind of weird. Like, having that mix in Lexington is kind of odd, right? Like, you would think the player procurement guy would more likely be the manager there. It's just weird having, like, not the main shot caller in the dugout being the guy that puts the pieces there. Like, from a power dynamic, that got to be kind of odd. Yeah. Um, I'm also trying to see, like... I'm trying to look at, like, pitching performance on some of these teams. Um... 
I mean, the Lake Erie thing is interesting, the Lake Erie stay, because the pitching was worse than it was when he got there, but it was better than they were the year after, if that makes sense. Like comparing 2021, 2022, 2023, he was there in 2022. Hmm. Um, like their pitching was in between those two years. Like, so it wasn't crazy. Yeah. Um, he wasn't, the team wasn't great with him managing, which he's not managing this team. So how relevant is it? But they weren't great, but they were better than the 2021 and 2023 teams. So the year he was there, they were better than both years before and after he was there. So that's a good sign for frontier league direction. Um, I don't know, man. A lot of reading tea leaves here. It's just going to come down to how well he works with the pitchers and how well he can, like, you know, so yeah. much of it's just how well you you know people and can work with people and have a feel. If he's got good feel, he'll make it work. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. Like, I want to know, was Washington really that bad pitching-wise last year? I, I genuinely don't really remember thinking about it. So maybe I'm, like, way off on it and they were actually that bad, but, like, I don't remember them being that bad. No. Um, they are better than average. Okay, yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, you know, so, I mean, it feels kind of like just keep doing what you were doing, and we'll be all good. Right. Like, yeah. That's why it's kind of weird, like, unless there was an issue with Boschers, which I don't want to speculate that there was or wasn't, I don't know anything about that, unless there was that, or he wanted to go his own direction on it, it just feels yeah, kind of weird. which is also. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. fair. I mean, but, like. I mean, admittedly, he wasn't great as a 494, but he was. They were ninth in the league, ninth out of 16 teams. He had pretty much dead middle. If anything, trending towards the bad side. Wow, they weren't that much better than New Jersey was. And I always, like, it's weird. Like, I'm looking at different teams here, and, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, New Jersey pitching was way worse than, like, a lot of teams. Dude, we sleep on how much that Jersey pitching improved during the year. Yeah. Because that looked, that looked wild. For yeah. the first month, what that first like two weeks, three oh, weeks, they had like a ten year right almost. Yeah, I was just they like, were throwing okay, up pioneer league numbers, and they brought it down to a five five. Which yeah, there was a lot of season left, but it's still kind of wild. Like they're barely worse than the average. Yeah, like that's kind of crazy. They're better than Tri City was. Yeah, they completely covered up by that offense, but yeah. really funny. Definitely though, but yeah, like I agree overall. Not not to talk around the circle too much or be negative about it, but like I am yeah. curious to see how the dynamic plays with everything and how it winds up working out. It's just like, it just feels like a weird fit. That's all. Like if it works out, it's going to work out really well, but it just feels like such a weird fit. Yeah. Um, That's what I got on that. Yeah. So pioneer league managers, We go into uh, a little bit more on the staffing side. We only got two other staffing hires to go through. Uh, Great Falls names Sean Repay as the manager and director of player ops. He was a former Orioles scout. He's managed in the Pecos League and Northwoods League. Also coached in the American Association and Frontier Leagues. But he's mainly a college baseball guy. He's going to replace Tommy Thompson in that role. And then Glacier hires Paul Fletcher, who... uh, is, is going to be their new manager. He's going to replace Billy Horton, uh, former major leaguer, was the bullpen coach in York for a while, I believe 2014 to 2022. Uh, he goes from being a pitching coach to a manager in that role. So he was with Glacier last year as a pitching coach. So essentially a promotion in that case, two decades of experience. So uh, any thoughts on these two hirings? Again, continuing the trend of the Pioneer League switching out managers for whatever the reason may be. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like Paul Fletcher, um, pretty confident in that. A lot of coaching experience, been there before. Um, though, did it say, um, I'm making sure about this correctly before I, I say anything stupid. Yep. Um, it, it says, did it say he managed somewhere or was that in my head? I uh, never saw head. any managerial experience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fine. I think it was largely um, just bullpen coach in York for whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that feels like a good vibe. I, I'm more confident in those types of things because they tip, you know, the organization seems to know the guy, you know, you know, you're hiring. Yeah. Um, you had, you know, I look that has not stopped people from messing it up already. Like hiring somebody they know and it's a disaster, but uh, I'm more likely to think that's a, a good option. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's solid. Um, Sean Repay one. Um, that one I'm not sure about. I'll, I'll take a lead on it. Uh, I don't really see that much experience on a professional level there. And no. the managerial experience, I got to be honest, does not move me. I think, well, yeah, there's some experience building a team with Northwoods League. College ball is a bit different on that front. Likewise, mm-hmm. like Pecos League is Pecos League. I'm not sure how transferable that is. Sometimes, you know, in those kind of more you know, fly-by-night type leagues, which, yeah, I'm going to call it Pecos League that. A lot of teams are pretty much that. Um, sometimes you get some gold. I mean, PJ came out of the uh, Pacific Association, which wasn't much better ran than the Pecos League. Right. So you definitely can find good managers. There have been good players and managers to come out of those types of leagues. Don't get me wrong. It's just a bit more rare, so I don't really know how to manage that kind of experience. I guess from a crisis management perspective, it's probably a solid hire there. But, you know, like one or two years as an Oriole scout and then just handling like, you know, kind of lower levels of college baseball. I don't really know what to make of it. I, It's hard for me to be overly positive about it. I see a lot of concern here. I just that it could go bad. I'm not saying it will. I don't really know much about the guy, so I can't be overly harsh about it either. It's just I have a lot of question marks about it. But again, this has also been a team that hasn't seen much success in general. So, like, I don't think it can really be that bad either. So, I'm, I'm feeling more positive than that. I think yeah. um, I'll agree with some of the things you're seeing here, which is definitely managerial experience. That's question mark. Um, this is, you know, it is a grind league as far as the indie leagues go, like the top indie leagues go. This is probably the biggest grind league there is, just going through small towns and some serious bus rides and some tough weather in the beginning of the year. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, managing the pitching staffs and the pioneer league is always a different challenge, but um, beyond like the obvious stuff that stands out there, I, I like that there's some scouting background. I think that connects you to a lot of one potential people who can feed you players and potential players that can come to you. Um, he working college summer ball. I like that he's got experience with people this age range and navigating what a summer is like with them. That's a fair point. Um, I overlooked. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I didn't really think. Dude, yeah, much. college kids. It's a, that's a different, it's a different yeah, battle. That's fair. That's uh, very fair. I, I'm going to say clubhouse dynamics in the Pioneer League compared to the Atlantic League must be vastly different. Yeah, I haven't had wild, the, yeah. the experience in a Pioneer League, you know, clubhouse to this point, but like you got to imagine the field's different. Um, and he, I mean, he does have experience from around any ball, so at least he knows what he's getting into, which seems to be the number one thing we deal with when a guy has no any ball experience. Um, and he also has some success and, 
you know, experience within that region. He knows the area. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm seeing positives. Uh, again, it is always a risk to grab a first time manager, but like someone has to, that sounds bad, but Fair. like, I know he managed elsewhere. I know, I know he managed somewhere else, but like, we, really I professionally agree for the first it's, time. It's a, it's a different level. This is a different level. Yeah. Um, it's the professional experience uh, as a manager. So, um, but I think, I think this is a, if you're getting a guy without a lot of professional managing experience, this is probably about the best resume you could be getting. Eh. And Great Falls, I think, uh, let me pull the numbers one more time before I say something confidently and it turns out to be stupid as hell. Um, yeah, man, they're a bad baseball team. So, uh, hey, Great Falls, yeah, no, just try it. Start pulling lottery tickets. Why not? Um, I, I think a different voice in there from maybe from the outside is what is needed, uh, especially at least if it's someone connected to people who know indie ball well and who has been indie ball. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I actually, as I talk, I like this a little bit more. And boy, did I forget just how big Ray Falls' record was. Um, yeah, it was brutal. So, that, yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, I I'm have a lot that I'm skeptical about here. Don't get me wrong. It's just that, like, I I do think you are on to something with the, he knows the dynamic of the players he's going to be coaching a lot. He seems to be still kind of young, so that's a positive, too. And, yep. like, Great Falls is a really solid place to get your feet wet. So, yes, agreed. So that that is a lot of positives to work with there. So I will say maybe I was a bit harsh. It's just still the unknown commodity here and the, the difference in recruiting college players to play for you versus getting guys looking to keep their professional career going is a bit of a different dynamic and one that I one. one that I'm not sure about. Yeah, I, I see that. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be some days where, hmm, yikes. Uh, but I also think just about any manager might have experience with what uh, Great Falls is currently trying to turn around. Mm-hmm. So, Here's, okay, this is it. This is what I was trying to articulate earlier. I couldn't find the words. I think if you put this guy and this guy, sorry, like Sean, we, we see your name. Hi. Um, if you put Sean in charge of any mid-tier Frontier League team, uh, I think there's a real possibility he gets eaten alive. Okay. And it's just because like things escalate quickly. Things The talent level can really eat you up fast. Like Things move quick. I think the Pioneer League, like, it's a team that's just looking to have a solid year. Just know, like, just keep it steady. Get a little Let's uh, play positive movement ball. happening. I think he's a guy who could lose the first twelve games, and still it's like, yeah, you know, you got to make okay. some roster moves. Like, yeah, he, like that sounds dumb, but I do think he's like this is a situation where you can make some mistakes because this team isn't like sitting on the verge. This is not a. This isn't a team on the verge of a playoff in one of like the other leagues. This is a team who was what for a full season like 30 games back yeah um so like i think this is really a good opportunity for him to sort of you know he's going to make some mistakes but i think he's going to be able to use that experience a little bit maybe so much of baseball is just not letting today's loss become tomorrow's loss i think working with college kids as long as he has and college age kids as long as he has i feel like he's probably really good at working with the mental side of things like that and Mm -hmm. you know letting go of tomorrow or today and just moving on tomorrow. Like I think, you know what? I'm, I like the fit. There it is. 
would you like to see someone more experienced? Almost always. But hey, I like the fit. And for what probably was on the table for Great Falls, let's not let's not act like you that, know, that's another have, good uh, point. That's another good point. It's not yeah, the hottest Wally destination. Wally Backman wasn't on the table for them. So <laughs> sure. I think this was a good ad. I know what? Yeah. I fully talked my way into it. Yep. I think Sean Pay is a good option. I like it. I, I still have the initial concerns. I will say, after the conversation, I think I was a bit harsh on it. And I'm interested to see how it goes. I, I'm open very much to changing my opinion on it. And I feel like once I see the off season, that'll either confirm my opinion on it or it will make me change it significantly. I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to be like moderately moved after I see the roster. I feel like either I'm going to really love it or really hate it. So I will say the conversation has shifted my thinking on it, even if it hasn't assaged all my concerns. You know, who who says we're negative? Exactly. We try to be positive. And we positive. like the Paul Fletcher. Ah, baby. Yeah, and we like the, the Fletcher one. That was a good hire. We I like think Bobby that's Jenks. Gonna, I like Bobby Jenks, too. That's a good one. Yeah, so we, we've been positive yeah. on pretty much everything. The Roth one we're concerned about. But, like, everything else, pretty good. Yep, agreed. Yep. So, uh, last two pieces of news before we go to the Baseball United draft. Um, Sam Brief. Uh, is going to be the broadcast of the year for the American Association. Lincoln Salt Dogs got named Social Media Team of the Year in the Association. Any thoughts on those two? Um, uh, no. Well deserved. I have no qualms. Uh, like I think the, uh, they've done something better than the dogs. I didn't think their social media was that great. I thought it was pretty okay. Like better than mid. Yeah, great, you know, it was good. I I thought their broadcast was good. Yeah, yeah. That, that was more what stuck out of my head. Yeah, Salt Dogs broadcast was all right. You know, I like the Dogs yeah, broadcast. Yeah. I like Brief there. He's yeah. a solid. He's a yeah, top three exactly. in the league. I will say Lincoln, that. He's top three. Lincoln was more of the, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, they haven't done anything agreed. We haven't ever talked about Lincoln's stuff yeah. being bad, which we probably would have. Yeah, overall, I probably would have went Cleburne for social media of the year. I, I like their, their way of doing things. I think that's kind of fun. But... Even still, that's nitpicky. That's what hair. So I'm not really gonna, you know, complain yeah. about it. So, uh, and then final piece of news: uh, New England has a name the team contest. If the name you submit gets picked, uh, you will get season tickets for three for the inaugural year, and you will hmm. get a plaque on it that says "I named this team," which is pretty cool. You'll also get a commemorative T-shirt and a dedicated day at the ballpark where you will throw up the first pitch. So that's kind of a cool package. Different. Yeah, I, like that. I agree. I'm totally on board. Yeah. So any yeah. names um, for the possible New England team based on a Brooklyn? Oh, I was about to put you on the spot. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I beat you to it. Um, oh, man. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, what's... Uh, I don't know, man. I got, we came in, I came in vibing differently on Brockton. I'm, I got worries about Brockton. So I'm, uh, maybe that's a different conversation. We've been on a good positive run and I'm like, well, don't necessarily kill that right now. Yeah. Um, but See, yeah, I don't know enough yeah. about Brockton to pick something that's hyper local and I don't want to pick something boring, but like, I want to keep the branding consistent with the summer college team that's going to be there. Because I feel like you could work with that a little bit better. It helps like 
subconsciously keep the identities together. They got to be different so they're unique and distinct, but like mm-hmm. still flow with the theme. So that way, kind of like, oh yeah, the Brock, the the Rock's there, but oh yeah, that other team, yeah, they're there too. Yeah, we can go see them too. So with that in mind, like part of me wants to kind of pick like something that like is in the same theme as boulders just to kind of see how New York responds. <laughs> but like, that's a bad idea. Oh man. Like, and like, so they have a, a, they're one of those like cities with like a, a boxing history, like the Brock and boxers would be kind of sick. What about the brawlers? Rock and brawlers kind of a good vibe. Yeah. The bare knuckles doesn't sound good, but like, it There's does. someone else. Hagler was there. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I feel like Mars. Oh, I don't know. I feel like. Okay. Yeah, Mars. More and more. Mark like Marciano was from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, more. Yeah, man. I was right. Yeah, I'm not like, dumb as hell. Like, honestly, Brawlers is kind of growing on me. Brockton Brawlers or Brockton. Yeah. Like, if you're trying to do the rocks thing, the boxers could work. But like I like, but I don't like that boxers could be like underwear. So I think it has to be the brawlers. Yeah. Plus, you know, they're going to do like a dog in like boxing shorts and gloves if they go for boxers from the mascot. So, well, that's a shame. Um, hold on. Let me see. Wait, I got to, now I'm back checking something on the Brockton Rocks because yeah. I might have just figured something else out. Um, Here we go. Damn. The Rocky Rocks are already named for Rocky Marciano. <sighs> Damn. I gotta go brawlers. I think that's where I'm that's where I'm uh, winding up at. I guess it does kind of have a nice like tie in. Yeah, it um, kinda works plus the alliterations there. I'm big on yeah. alliteration. And it gives you a lot of potential with the logo beyond just like the standard like boxing dude you could do something with it and there's a decent amount of um, alternate identities you could roll off of that too i don't know i'm gonna have a fun fact coming for you here oh. good any ball fun fact for you this is good because um, i do have one other war one that i want to toss at you at one point i'm waiting on it though but like i um i do have one that's kind of surprisingly close i think you'll get it but like the- yeah. Who's the ownership on this thing? Uh, same as Windy City, if I recall correctly. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know the Brockton Rocks ownership is uh, Mike Veck, Bill Murray, and a couple other guys. Yeah. I didn't know that that was the crew that had this. Yep. Interesting. No wonder they're doing so much better. Yeah. Nothing. Um, that is... Uh, so, the names I was kicking around was like, until... <laughs> well, you can't do the Brockton Bomber. Sounds like Boston Bomber, so they kind of ruined that. Thank yeah. terrorism. Um, Brockton Blockbuster, but I feel like that could be an issue. Yeah. Brockton Rocks is already taken, but Brockton Brawler could be it. Might be right. Yeah. The Brockton Bland. Hagler. I just thought Hagler was taller. Yeah, wait. Brockton uh, Wham. What about the Wham? I don't know about all that, buddy. <laughs> A lot. I don't know. You're gonna go with onomatopoeia as a name? I don't know. Mm, fair. You could always go with like South Shore or uh, 
Massachusetts in there. Uh, South Shore yeah. Swingers. But then again, that, whoa, that whoa, opens whoa, the door. Whoa, that opens the whoa, door, whoa, doesn't whoa. it? Hey, hey, we're inviting other teams over. Bring your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, this is not going well. No, it's Um, going great. Damn, dude. Brockton, yeah, man, that's tough. Uh, We got to, I mean, see, I want to be like, yo, let us know what you think name should be. But I'm also like, nah, submit it. And then let us know what you submit. Yeah, show us your submission before you submit it. So that way we can steal if it's good. Woo! Got it on, get it under the wire. On. Then we'll crowdsource these yeah. season tickets. We'll give away games to. Uh, we'll give away the week's worth of games on each episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We'll figure something. They, we'll we'll go with something. We'll we'll get it. We'll get I, it. I really think Brawlers is the way to go here. I really think it is. I, I know. I agree. I I agree. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Um, what I was distracted by was the fact that again, don't want to be negative, but uh, every. I, that's a different conversation i know it's a different conversation but we should talk about some point yeah we will but yeah Uh, you know what's almost as tough the travel in the baseball united league because we got Hmm. teams in abu dhabi we got teams in dubai in karachi in mumbai you know we got all of them and you know what else we had we had a draft in this league and 80 players were selected. 51 of them, at least to my count, had some indie ball experience. So that's pretty How damn many? good. I had 51. I may have missed one or two, but generally it was... I think minimum. it might even be higher. Dude. I counted Great. 51. I Like I said, I think I missed a couple of them. I went through names I knew, and then a lot of the ones I didn't know, I looked up. And I wasn't finding it. I saw a lot of uh, LMB... I saw some in the Italian league as well. Um, so again, like I was just looking like main leagues, and then there was a guy from the United League too. Who was that? Uh, Mitch Lively. So yeah, uh, I'll, I will point out all the games are being played in Dubai. Oh, just, all in Dubai. Well, that's that's yeah. terrible if you're a all fan in nine. Karachi. How are these Pakistani fans supposed to support their... I don't even know what the name of the, that team is. Um, hold on a minute. I actually know uh, the rest Monarchs. of them. I got you, buddy. Oh, Mon- okay, I thought it was Monarchs. I wasn't sure. Because it's what, yeah, like... That's what I'm here for. It was... Falcons was one. I think that was Abu Dhabi. Mumbai Cobras, which is by far the best name out of all of them. Um, and then was it Dubai Wolves? Uh, yes, it was. Victory. <laughs> That's where. So, <laughs> who are you Who are you pulling for in this league? Oh, man. I don't know, bro. Because, um, like, this is honestly a question that at some point we're going to get asked, which is, are you going to cover the the Baseball United? I'm not even sure if it's the league or whatever the hell it is. But, I mean, like, there's only a weekend to cover, like... Yeah, sure. Mid mid year, mid summer, or mid off season, rather. Uh, you know, yeah, weekend. Like, not like I know, really don't know what baseball, to even make of this thing. Like, what what even I, is? I, this? I don't want to be a party pooper on it. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, it's, I like it's a fun thing. It's extra baseball. I'm hoping it's all good intentions. Um, 
it's a good opportunity for some guys to get a little bit of spotlight and get a little bit of money, which I'm excited about for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, sure. I don't, I don't know who I'm cheering for though. Uh, I will say I, I have a couple of like sort of off the wall takes, but we'll get, uh, we'll all hit those at the end here. Yeah. Like um, here's the know, thing. Do they want to stand out to you? Like outside of like the major league types. I mean, like they're kind of cool there. I think it's kind of weird that Bartolo Colon's going to pitch in this thing. Uh, but as far as like, picks go going Karan Patel at one is kind of an interesting call I understand why or at least I think I understand why but to go him at one and then Steven Moya at two leaving guys like Gregorius on the board Mm -hmm. is interesting Uh, I like seeing that you had Phil Irving on there too he deserves the recognition he gets Court being Mm -hmm. on there is also pretty cool he was picked ahead of Bartolo Colon which is interesting too Um, I think there's definitely some interesting decisions there um, I'm happy for the indie ball guys that they're going to get some spotlights and having guys like, you know, Pablo Sandoval, Robinson Cano, uh, Simmons in there too. Jair Jurgens, who's a dude that always felt like an indie ball guy, but I don't think ever played indie ball. So, right. you know, like having those guys in there is going to be great for like the Jacob Robesons of the world, which were really good with Kansas City and just did not get that uh, experience there. Um it's kind of weird seeing like some of these dudes that just played like a year or two in in Italy. Like uh, who was the dude that was one of them? Uh, Backstrom, I think. Leo Backstrom. He was kind of a weird pick. Um, right. You know, like that's kind of odd. There's a surprisingly large amount of frontier leaguers, which I was really happy about. Like Sam Abbott, uh, Peltier, mm-hmm. uh, Paven Parks was another one. Decochia. He was kind of cool to see there. Dalton Combs, another dude that raked for the past two years. Like to see him get a chance. Raul Shaw, too. Um, Justin Wiley, Alex Dubord. You know, a lot of guys that don't really get recognition that often. That Mm -hmm. did get some recognition by being included in this. That has a little bit higher level that we're used to seeing. So that's kind of cool. Um... Just, yeah, overall, I just don't know what to make of this thing. Like, a weekend exhibition is interesting. What's the ultimate goal of this? Like, why go through all this branding and all this marketing and whatnot if we're not doing, you know, an actual thing, right? Like, why do we got to give, like, branding to all of this? Unless the plan is, like, it's just an all-star thing this year, but next year, we're going to expand. Like... That's my thought. Yeah. Like, yeah I, I think of, it's showing that there's potential in it. I mean, great. But then that basically is like, hey, look, this is the USFL of baseball. Hey. You know, and it's like, that's not really the comp you want. Yeah. Um, couple quick ones. I got, uh, I will point out, Jersians did play indie ball. Ducks. Um where do you play? Yep. The docs are going to say, where See, do you play? It won't surprise you. Exactly. Um, See, that's the thing. If there's ever a guy that was like, he feels like he played indie ball, and then I look it up and go, oh, he did? It's immediately, oh, Long Island. Yeah, there's a bunch of obscure ones in there, too, that I caught. So I think there's it's, it's some wild ones. But um, beyond that, the least surprising guy to be going to Dubai to play some baseball has to be Quincy Lattimore, because that guy has played baseball everywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he's done, what, two... I think two, only one on his baseball reference, but I think there was a pre-COVID one too, like Italian baseball stints. Yeah. Um, 
where he put up the most hilarious numbers. 1252 OPS. Gross. To be fair, playing um, in Italy, I've heard like talking guys before. Italy's a really fun place to play. Oh, dude, I hear it's a great time. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you have the chance to do it, do it. I think. So, what were those controversial takes you had about the uh, Baseball United while I dig deeper into the controversial, just more out of left field. Yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, I'll, I'll say the obvious point, which is like very much keeping an eye on like the live golf angle here. That was my um, immediate concern yeah. about this. Keeping me, yep, keeping me skeptical on some things. Um, but I mean, for a weekend, it seems harmless. I don't know how much you're going to illustrate that like the game could, like, all right, start your own league out there. It's fine. Like, okay. Um, then, I mean, I just don't think there's the dynamic. Mm. That they had, they, I don't think there's any risk the way Live Golf, like just, you know, yeah. all of a sudden had the PJ Tour in a position. Um, however, on the other side, uh, less, you know, politically charged and relevant, maybe, yep. is I really was fascinated by their presentation of the draft. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it seemed like everyone was pre drafted. And then they announced the draft. It wasn't like a live draft. They yeah, I definitely draft. got With that like sense. a little video. Yeah. They had photos. They had, it looked good. Obviously, there's budget, a good budget behind it. So let's not compare the, the budget of uh, many teams that we're covering and dealing with to the budget yeah. of I Dubai. Mean, you got, yeah, uh, you got oil money. I liked you. it. And I yeah. feel like they didn't do anything that would really require, you know, too much. Like, I don't know. I like that. Yeah. It's, um, I also it's good feel like, And I've seen... Yeah. Anyway, that's a different conversation for a different day on game and uh, media presentation. But I was, I was, it's funny that's what stuck with me. I was like, wow, it looks good. You know, part of what um, I kind of thought too was I think they engaged a lot of the influencer com- community uh, as far as baseball goes because I saw a lot of people in our Definitely. sphere posting about. It, so it felt like they definitely hit kind of that tactic on. It. I'm not sure how exactly they knew. Yeah, they got they got Bartolo. They knew. Yeah. Oh, you don't even need to reach out. Just say, "I'll take, uh, I will take Bartolo, fifty-year-old Bartolo." Yeah, and uh, bang, you'll get you'll get traction. Mm. Yeah, it just felt kind of interesting on that. You know, like they, mm-hmm. it seems like they knew exactly what they had to hit to get it. So interesting yeah. to see the approach they took to it. I agree. Yep. So it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I believe they play end of November, so maybe we'll circle back to it. Depending on what we got going up. So, oh, yes, sir. There's that. Uh, any case, we had a whole segment planned out here, but we probably are going to wind up cutting out the war games that we wound up having. And uh, war games. I know, which honestly were a fun segment. So that's probably going to be like a cutting room floor thing. So yeah, or maybe we'll just do like one a week. Maybe we'll fit better. That may fit better. Yeah, we may. There's no shortage of baseball players. Exactly. That'll be fun. Like, honestly, we don't really do major league here, but, like, it's a fun game to play. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Any case. So the whole extra segment we had here was burning points, and we still do have some time for that, so I think we could probably get one or two in here. Yeah, we'll go for it. Yeah, so the whole burning points or burning questions thing was we were going to bring, like, two or three. Now it's going to be one or two. Uh, items that we're looking forward to seeing how they get resolved this offseason. You know, points of interest, either from last year or from the start of this offseason, that we think are going to linger for a while and are going to have some sort of resolution sometime between now and, I guess, some point during the season, but ideally before the season starts. So 
let's see if we can't uh, come up with a couple of good ones here. Uh, I'm not sure if you have one in mind or, you know, you want me to start with it, but I, I'll defer to you on this. Yeah, I can start it. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that we can go with, but I, I'm going to keep it on the field to start because there's okay. a lot where it's like, hey, what's going on with Gastonian? But um, yeah. my mine is what is, and you know what, I'm going to make it two because it, they're very similar at this point. What is the American Association going to do, the teams, to answer back with Kansas City? Because that team looked really good this year. And then even maybe a bigger question is what are Frontier League teams going to do to start narrowing this gap for Quebec? Because, I mean, Quebec even looked beat early in the year, the first few weeks, and then still came roaring back and handled business the way they do it. Like, they have such a system going. I want to see if if teams are just going to wait it out and figure, you know, hey, that will come back down to earth, or, hey, we're not even competing with them, we're just competing for playoff spots and we'll, we'll figure it out in the playoffs. Or are there teams who are like, all right, what are they doing? And do we want to find a way to replicate that? So I'm interested. That that's I'm more interested on the Quebec side because I do think they have more of a, an interesting hold on the league. But I do think Kansas City really made a statement this year. I'm interested to see what kind of um, other teams are going to do bouncing back against that. So as far as Kansas City goes, I kind of don't really know. And honestly, in both cases, they both have – really experienced, really high-quality managers. And I think that's part yes. of it, too, is that they have guys that have done this for a long time and know how to build rosters. And both they both started really in like that kind of Can-Am, uh, Northern League, Northeast League kind of area. So they're used to kind of dealing with roster restrictions, roster rules. Now, granted, they're both different, and that's kind of where my question is going to go to as part of a grander scheme thing. But even still, I... I think that's part of it is you don't have as many really great managers. And that's really across every level of baseball. You know, you have your like four or five managers that are universally agreed upon. But yeah, they're really good at their job. They get results. And no matter what, they always feel the competitive team. And over a 10 year span, they may have one, two at most duds of teams. But outside of that, they're always going to produce a team that at the very least looks competitive, looks like they belong, and overall will produce a, a a very good season, if nothing else entertaining. So I think that's part of it. So as far as what they're going to do to answer back, it's kind of hard to say because like if you're Kansas City and you're a player, it's not a bad market to be in. You have quality management from a front office and from the field staff. And more important than all of it is you know players get signed out of there which is a huge thing and as far as quebec goes again the market is good to be in like the universal when you talk to players and coaches and like support staff is quebec city is one of the best trips in the league and it's a truly enjoyable experience to go there and play games there so i gotta imagine living there is the same effect and if you're on the frontier league level you kind of know the odds of your contract getting purchased are slim. There may be five a year that get picked up there. So you don't really bet on that happening. It's possible, but not as likely. So if you're going to be on a team that is, uh, you know, not going to get your contract purchased, you want to be on a team that's going to win games. 
that's going to give you the most amount of reps to showcase yourself, put up a stat line. And overall, you know, everybody wants to win too. These guys that are insanely competitive, they want to win. So you might as well go to Quebec where that's a possibility, right? So that's a long way of saying, hey, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know what the the punchback is because you're going up against not just like guys that know how to build a team, which you can beat. You're also going up against the market and the environment, which encourages those teams to be good and be great. So I guess the answer back is you have to really make sure the support system is there for guys and to really try to emphasize, hey, we can get you to where you want to be while also trying to get some of those guys that you know really aren't going anywhere. Because that's the one thing they also have. They have some constants there, more so in Quebec than Kansas City, but they do have their constants. So I guess it's really building a culture and building a a strong support system, really. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And, like, I always get the vibe that, like, especially the Quebec, they have, like, a pipeline. Like, they yeah. know... Not like a, a you know, not that's overly literal, but they have a sense at all times of if you know they get a guy signed or traded or injured or whatever is you know the chaos of the year unfolds, like they have an answer. Um, yeah, man, and and it, it almost this is so funny based on like the crazy amount of success that um Kansas City has had, but it almost feels like disrespectful to even put them in the same category as Quebec like because we've talked about Quebec's consistency just being yeah just so outlandish like it's so crazy exactly. um, they've had what like one bad year two and three years yeah oh, I'm sorry yeah can't say it's had two and three years Quebec I mean again was it more championships and losing seasons just yeah. brutal like what are we doing yeah so that's something else um I think if you're another team like all you can do is start figuring out like what is it they're doing how can we replicate? How can we improve on that? How can we put our own twist on that to offer something different? Um, and then just start building that sort of consistency. Um, boy, like <laughs> that's, yeah. I don't even know. It, it's such a, such a task to take on. That's why, that's why it's my big question going in. It's like, how can they make this a, uh, you know, how can they, how can they phrase the question differently? this next go around against Quebec. Yeah. And I almost like that makes me think like, is the question, how do we counter Quebec or is the question at least for East teams? Cause the answer in the West is just win the West. If you can win the West, yeah. you put yourself in a position where it's the best of five. You just have to have a good week. If you're in mm-hmm. the East, the question I think is less, how do we counter Quebec and how do we make sure we're going to host the playoff game and build a deep team. Because I feel like that's really the answer is you got to be such a deep team pitching and batting wise that you can endure a player not being at their best. And like, like we've talked about before how at a certain point you need star players because there's just going to be peak moments, especially in the playoffs and in the big games where you need a guy the lineup can turn to and go, they're going to get the job done. They're going to get the hit. They're going to spark the rally. They're going to make the big play. You need a star to do that. And, you know, I'm not going to discount that, but I almost feel like the, like to make myself a hypocrite, I almost feel like that's the opposite way to beat Quebec, where you need to be so deep with them 
that you can kind of just like go stride for stride and pray that the depth works out. Because Quebec, they do have stars. Don't get me wrong. Every year they have one or two guys that's just like, oh, yep, can casually hit 316 with like 25 bombs and have a pitcher that's going to have a sub three ERA, probably close to two, that just strikes out, you know, like eight per nine, right? So like it's, they're always going to have one or two guys like that. But overall, they're just a deep team. There's really never a weak batter in that lineup. There's never a guy you look to and go, yeah, that's a 240 hitter that doesn't hit for power. That's just like, he doesn't get on base, he doesn't hit for power, he doesn't really do much, but he's okay in the field, so that's his spot. They don't really have those guys. Like, every so often, yeah. But for the championship Quebec teams, they're not really that. They're just like, yeah, no, everyone here is batting 270, or they have an on-base that's stupid. So have fun so i really do feel like depth's almost the way where you just kind of got to wear them down and then like when you have because like we saw that in the evansville series that's how evansville kept it close they wore them down evansville really doesn't have a guy that i really looked at and said yeah you're a star player like i never really was like blown away by anyone there they were just a really deep team a really good team oh will cool you just got a goal for nothing rangers and it's uh yeah, I feel like that's the way you got to do it. It's almost a war of attrition with them, right? Like, that, that's the only way I could really think of. Yeah, and, and we started to see it with, um, yeah, I mean, the Jackal series once stood out in my head where they just, like, they had so many, not just answers out of the bullpen, but, like, comfortable answers. Like, the, the pitching depth. Like, I know we talk yeah. about the lineup being consistent through, but, like, they had enough answers, um, you know, coming out of the pen where, they weren't running into the situation a lot of teams are running into, in the, especially in the playoffs, where it's like, well, we have to roll with this guy right now because who else are bringing out? Yeah. Or like, yeah, we got this guy out here, and look, this isn't really a guy we'd want right now. They, I just feel like they less frequently than other team have a matchup like this isn't the matchup we want. Like they have enough, uh, they got enough rounds <laughs> that they can just keep keep switching it up and. and you know, keep calling guys out there that can be trusted with like mid to high leverage uh, situations. Yeah. And the thing is too, they get those reps in the regular season as well. So you trust them to go out there. That's just it. So it's not like, you know, he's only gotten 15 innings the whole year. It's like, no, everybody here has gotten 25 plus innings. So like we feel good about what we have here. And like, they know too going in because they've done so much work in, you know, May, June, July, then in August, they can start going like, okay, let's try testing stuff here and see how it goes. Cause we know we could always go back to this, but we also want to know, like if we find up in this position come September, we'll be okay. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. So that, yeah, 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 well said. Yeah, so and I guess like to go back to Kansas City, they're kind of in the same boat. I but I feel like with Kansas City, it's a bit different, right? Because we saw Fargo challenge and we've seen Milwaukee challenge. They like they clearly were the best team overall. But let's mm-hmm. not pretend like Sioux City didn't scare them. Let's not pretend like they didn't bleed yeah. at points. Like I feel like they are vulnerable, and part of their vulnerability is. Their players are a lot more likely to get poached by like LMB, especially now with the roster changes. But that their guys are more like double A guys, that type of thing. So, oh, they waved the goal off. Hey, that wasn't a kicking motion. Oh, BS, typical Edmonton. <laughs> but like, 
So it's still 3 nothing with 6.30 left to play. This game's still well in hand, but whatever. Um, but, like, that's the problem is they get picked away a little bit. And the season's a little bit longer. It's only an extra four games. But still, it's a more grinding season, I think. Like, you're, you're playing everybody pretty equally. And there's long trips there. Not to say that, you know, the Frontier League doesn't have long trips. I mean, it's a pretty stretched out league. But generally speaking, you know, you got your clusters, right? Like... You got a couple of teams in like Florence with Evansville and Lake Erie. That's kind of close there. And Washington's not that far from Lake Erie. You have your Chicago cluster. Gateway's kind of out to the side, but whatever. Going to Canada, you have your two in Quebec. Ottawa's a little bit out there, but whatever. You have your New York area cluster with the Boulders, Jackals, Miners, and then lesser extent but still kind of like that tri-city you know like there's there's groupings where you can make it work and it's not as bad mm-hmm. but like where are the clusters in the uh in the american association like okay we got lake country with um milwaukee and technically i guess you could call gary and chicago a thing and uh, king county included in that great Fargo's kind of out there, unless yeah. you want to pair them with uh, Sioux Falls. But, like, okay. Sioux City's on the road to KC, but I really want to call them close. Cleburne's on an island. And then, like, Winnipeg's there, so you could do Fargo to Winnipeg. It's not as bad, but you're still crossing a border, so that's something you got to consider as well. Like, the clusters aren't as there, so there is more travel and more wear. So I think that also factors into it. Plus, with the playoff structure, it definitely is tougher in the frontier league just because you have three teams on each side making it so it's like hey figure it out brother and on the american association side it's like hey just don't be dog shit and you'll probably be in so like i'm not saying it doesn't add like a mid team in each side it definitely does but if you're a mid team that got hot to make it Hot teams versus a team that didn't have anything to play for the last two weeks and kind of, you know, starts slowing up. If they don't catch back up quick in a best of five, things can get kind of sketchy real quick. Even, you know, like, so I'm just saying it makes it a little bit easier in the American Association to beat them out. If you're a team that's kind of like a Fargo that isn't getting rated as much or like Milwaukee that's not getting rated as much. So you still have some high quality players that are there the whole year and you can build in, you can game plan around it too. So I, that's why I'm not talking as much about Kansas city. I think they're at, the answer there is find some guys that are like 26 and not likely to get picked up and ride them and hope you hit on one or two rookies. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, it, it is funny. Like if we do, you know, freeze the fact that Quebec did get pushed to the limit, but also yeah. like, damn, do they do it in impressive fashion though? Yeah. <laughs> Like, Damn, they look good getting pushed to the limit. Yeah, like, that's the thing with, like, Quebec. It's just, like, yeah, they were pushed a couple times, but, like, I'm also, like, when they won, they were very much in control. And when they lost, mm-hmm. it was always really close. So it wasn't ever, like, oh, they could be in serious trouble here. It was just, like, a, oh, okay, they shot themselves in the foot here, and this was just kind of funky how this happened. So, right, you know, like... Because think of the Jackal game they lost to. Like, pretty much a split day game for a playoff game that gets that was like an inning away from being official. Like, that's kind of weird. And the Evansville yeah. series, it was like, they shot themselves in the foot the one game. And admittedly, they had to have two walk-offs. So I will say that. But 
they also but they were doing that all year like that at this point like part of the dna of that team which is crazy which again is what makes them hard to beat is when they're not when they don't lie down and die it's hard to beat a team yeah so (laughs) yeah so that's part of it too so like that's the thing i never looked at their loss and went like "Ooh, that one was ugly like even the one that was kind of lopsided in the final it was very much like uh scalabrini said like "Mm, we're not winning this game let's go ahead and get ready for the next one so that's yeah. a, that's a totally different mindset. Mm-hmm. So, I'm with you. Yep. So anywhere else to go with that one, or do I swing the mine? Yeah, I'm back to you, and then I guess we'll call it a day. Okay. Really, the only kind of burning question I have is, how does like the Tri City manager situation end up? Like we said that right. you know, Brooks carries obviously the leading candidate. He's a guy that has the experience. He's done it before. He's been there, done that type of guy. So he makes a lot of sense. We obviously have had folks that want uh, TJ Stanton. I kind of want that because Mm -hmm. I want those Euro fires in the stands. Obviously, Mm -hmm. very much in favor of that. So the idea of poaching somebody obviously isn't off the board. You could go like a kind of sort of Pete route and get another really well-respected guy that has had success maybe in the Atlantic League, maybe they've won a championship in the Atlantic League, maybe they've spent the past few years in the state of New York too, maybe you could go that route. Or you could go with somebody totally new, right? Or go with someone that maybe they did like one or two years somewhere, it didn't go well, and now they're going to switch out and go somewhere else. You know, there's options on which way to take it. So that's what's interesting to me is there's a lot of ways you could go about. You could go with like a veteran that has some experience, not just in the Frontier League, but, you know, with this group, you could go kind of a one for one Pete replacement. You could go with someone else had success in this league, but not with this team and is currently employed. I'm sure you could try to swing something like that. Uh, that may rustle some feathers, but, you know, nothing's ever impossible. And, uh, or as Kevin Garnett would say, anything is possible. So, yeah. yeah. Or you could go with like a new phase. I don't think that's the route they go, but, you know, there's a lot of possibilities. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that resolves itself. Because Tri-City is a team that is close. They are, they've been, what, eliminated on the last day twice now? Or played yeah. meaningful games up until the last, like, series three years in a row? So, like... They're not far off. The foundation is there. It's just, it's hard to make the playoffs late in this league, man. It's really hard. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's a brutal system. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know at this point where they go. I mean, you know, we, we thought we might have had the answer. It certainly looked like that wasn't the answer. Um, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. And there's other jobs out there but they're getting fewer and fewer like um i mean i'll point out brockton and hagerstown neither of them have anybody yet um i'm mm-hmm. um, hagerstown's having a little bit of trouble locking someone down uh i know i'm hearing brockton's not offering a real competitive salary versus what a lot of other teams are going to offer so that's going to be an interesting situation um but there's really no job that i would really put in the same category as the tri-city job because they seem very serious about winning which is a good thing if you're a manager and, um, you know, they're not going to collapse anytime soon. <laughs> that's, that's and, uh, yeah. And like, I don't know, it's a team that's competitive right now. You know, it's not like a team that could be, it's a team that is competitive. They're right on the edge. Yeah, and, There's no uh, building involved here. Yeah. 
No, exactly right. So it, it's it, that is among the indie league jobs, a very unique one. So I'm curious, uh, and I, I'm excited to find out how it's going to go. But also, um, I don't know. I, I wonder. I don't even know who's going for that right now. I wonder if they're looking for some MLB like name, you know, uh, see, familiarity or like if they're the, thinking something else. But that's not also a mark where I think that really matters, though. No, I agree. So, I agree, like, but I don't think that's priority. They're not going for the names I would suspect. So I'm in a spot where I'm like, I don't know what I don't know what they're looking for. The dark horse, Richie Sexton. Oh Jesus! <laughs> hey, that's fine. Hey, nothing against Richie. But. Yeah, wouldn't that be funny though? Yeah, just wild. They, they liked what they saw. It turned out great. <laughs> they're like, look, he just Kill wasn't in a good year. place to succeed. <laughs> Yo, I know. And then if you're the new Winston manager, you're like, Eesh. <laughs> oh god. Maybe I took the wrong train here. Yeah, Tri-City is just an interesting question mark. So I guess that kind of wraps with the Tri-City point. Yes, sir. All right, so maybe we'll do this again. Maybe a little more off the field, maybe a little bit more on the field next week. But that seems like a great stopping off point for the day. We'll also do Ryan Picks a Hockey Team next week as we start to really get into it. So that way. Although I do want to know, are we going the pro route or the college route on this? Oh, we're going NHL rap, bro. I can't, I can't get in the weeds like that. Oh, trust me. I, I can't be like grinding to find where the game is to watch. I'm barely watching. Let me I get my introductory you. lesson at the NHL level. I can help you with that. I have one website, which everything's on. I can find you French hockey. Uh, bro, I don't doubt it. I've watched a lot of rugby in my life, but like, I'm going to stick NHL for now and then we'll go from there. We'll see how that goes from. So you do not want to watch like U twenty finish hockey. Uh, my gambling problem has not gotten to that point. Has it gotten to Good MHL time. or Czech Juniors? No, thank God. Okay. No, thank God it has not. Okay, because like I could help you with that. So <laughs> I can help you oh, get yeah, that's the where you need to go. All right. Well, any case, we will pick that out next week and we will go over everything there so um we will find that nhl team and we're gonna do this like one of those shitty buzzfeed quizzes what's your at what's your uh astrology sign Ooh, that knocks out the whole western conference (laughs) are you more likely to want a night on the town or to stay in and watch netflix i will say i've already cut out about half the teams i just know i'm not gonna vibe with are they so all? I got us a head start. I'm very curious to know which 16 are still left. Uh, I can tell you that. Okay, uh, we'll use that as the teaser. The quick, in. We'll tease that. Sorry, in. that's the teaser. Look, I got okay. I got more than half the teams cut. Okay, I'm gonna write down what's so, left. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, I know the teams that are in, left, so you can list through the ones that aren't. Wait, the teams that am I listening to teams that aren't or I are? just are or aren't? Pick, I can go and do either. Okay, I have all thirty-two teams memorized because oh in the my, way you're a right. baseball junkie, I'm a hockey junkie. But yet I chose the baseball route. Yeah, I'm smart. So I'm going with the teams that are still in the in the okay. running. All right, uh, so let me write in these my down. mind here. Okay, okay, all right. You ready? I'm. I'm. All, oh, I'm ready to write. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, in going alphabetical, I got Anaheim, Anaheim, okay, Arizona, okay, Carolina. Okay, we're gonna kill that off. 
Columbus, Dallas, and Edmonton. Dallas, Edmonton. Right now, out of everything you said, Edmonton is probably the best, even though they just got shut out by Jerry Hattrick, Jonathan Quick. Yeah, Florida still in it. If you if you don't notice, there's like definitely a leaning toward obscure weird markets. Yeah, I've noticed uh, like towards Florida, Florida that should be yeah. relocated. Yeah, I'm waiting for Winnipeg. Oh yeah, oh, I'm waiting for Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg is not in. I can tell you oh, that damn. much. Um, you got Florida, Nashville, and then the Islanders. And uh, I got then I got Philly, San Jose, Seattle. And then ending it out, I've got Tampa and Vegas. Tampa, Vegas, and then what was after San Jose? Uh, Seattle. Okay, so Kraken's still in there. Okay. Maximum chaos, because Seattle is freaking weird, dude. All right, so I got a lot of thoughts on this shit. Okay. Good. Excellent. thought you might. This is... We're going to have a discussion about this shit. Okay. Excellent. We're going to have a discussion on this at some point next week. And I've got methodology on it. I'm ready to roll. I really want to have that discussion right now, but I'm also like, we're at two hours past do. midnight. So like, I feel like yes, sir. morally I shouldn't do this, but like, let's, let's wrap it. Yeah. Okay. Plug, plug your stuff here. Where can people find your like award stuff and all those outcuts and uh, the videos we've recorded 12 months ago? Yeah. Indie Ball Nation on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Keep an eye out. I'm finally just about done traveling after this weekend, so I'll be able to finish up the rewards and start uh, figuring out what the offseason and next season looks like content-wise. So if you have a suggestion, now's the time to throw it out there. So hit me up. Uh, DMs are open and shameless. Mascot ranking. Mascot rankings. Yeah, but I'm ranking them by sexiness, so be ready. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, y'all know where all my stuff is. Indie Ball Pod on the platform formerly known as Twitter. Indie Ball Report everywhere else. Go check that stuff out. I actually have an off-season plan. I'm just finalizing it. And that also reminds me, at some point, we have to have like some sort of conference call to go over that. But that's a whole nother Yeah, problem. we will, for sure. I'm finally out of the woods on my, uh, my travel situation. So we'll, definitely. we'll schedule something at some point, but... All right, that just about does it for us this week. Y'all know the drill. Until next time, don't forget to play ball.